I'm Patricia Pierce. Welcome to the We Awakening podcast. Beneath the global crises we are facing, something truly extraordinary is happening on Earth. Planetary consciousness is shifting as humankind sheds its belief in separateness and awakens to the truth of interexistence. In this podcast, we explore this awakening into unitive consciousness that will give rise to a new world, and we celebrate the luminous web that connects us all. My guest today is Machiel Klerk. He is a licensed mental health therapist. He's an author. He's a social entrepreneur. And when he was in grad school at the Pacifica Graduate Institute, he became interested in Jungian psychology, which prompted him to travel around the world and to learn of different cultures, ways, and methods of healing and of working with dreams. He has since gone on to found an online organization called the Jung Platform, and he is the author of the book Dream Guidance, Connecting to the Soul Through Dream Incubation. It is truly my pleasure and my delight to have him with us today. So, Machiel, thank you for being with me today. I, um, as somebody who has um, been investigating dreams for quite a long time, and they've really played a central role in my own spiritual journey and my own life path, I was really excited to come upon your work and to read your book, um, Dream Guidance, and the process that you that you present for dream incubation. And before we really get into what dream incubation is, I'd like to just start for people who may not have worked with their dreams a lot, um, to just, you know, start there and, and the significance of dreams. And we all have dreams, whether we remember them or not, we're having dreams every night. And, uh, you know, they can be a tremendous source of wisdom and guidance if we know how to listen to them and open up to them. So maybe you can share with us how you came into this interest of listening to dreams and how you understand the dream world and what it offers to us. I would love to. And first of all, thank you for uh, having me, Patricia. I have been looking forward to this. And um, yes, indeed, uh, everyone dreams every night, several hours. And most research actually these days indicates that dreaming doesn't stop the moment we open up our eyes. Dreaming goes on. And dreaming is a, a stream of consciousness that uh, runs uh, parallel next to, underneath, around our waking uh, consciousness. And uh, in times that uh, we have uh, fantasies or we, day, we daydream, these, uh, these, these, these states of consciousness merge. And you could almost think at night we, we, we sink into the dreaming consciousness. And dreaming, just like this uh, reality, we experience as a world. Mm -hmm. So dreaming is not a message from mystery source X to, to you uh, and that you need to just decipher. You experientially are in a world that you take for real. And there you have, uh, have an experience. And uh, then, then you can see that these experiences have different aspects. So there's not one type of dreaming. Some dreams seem to digest the emotional day-to-day uh, -day, uh, activities. 
other dreams uh, we uh, uh, might dream about something uh, a direction where uh, we need to go into it's more a call a calling can come in a dream then there are dreams in which people uh, and including me have felt we've been visited visited by uh, deceased ancestors and that's a very uh, widespread uh, uh, type of dream so there's different types of worlds we find ourselves in during sleep that uh, that can support and help us uh, many uh, inventions come out of dreams uh, pieces of art uh, social movements and uh, uh, <clears throat> if we pay attention to our dreams there can be a delivery of a gift or a, a, a call a warning or uh, or just uh, some support mm-hmm yeah, I was interested when I was in grad school, I studied uh, dream work with Jeremy Taylor, and I remember reading his book and all of the examples that he gave of breakthroughs that have come to people in dreams, and that Einstein's uh, theory of relativity came through a dream, and the invention of the sewing machine came through a dream. Mm-hmm. So there are all of these examples where there's it's like there's this greater wisdom, this greater intelligence that we have access to when we're in that state. And of course, in in the Western world, Carl Jung was a pioneer in working with dreams. And he began to see all of these archetypal elements that are common across cultures. And I know that his work was your entryway into dream work. So maybe you can just share with us a little bit more about about uh, Carl Jung's contribution to our understanding of dreams, um, and then we'll talk more about other cultures as well. Yes, indeed. Uh, uh, Jung was uh, the first dream worker I encountered that really gave me some clues on on reading my own dreams, which uh, in my case uh, really started in my early 20s, that uh, when I was in a dead end in my life and dreams came in and broke me out of that, uh, that, that, the dark impasse, and Jung, uh, uh, in one way, was a scientist, and another way, we could see him as a kind of a Western shaman who uh, connected with the world of a dream and noticed that there are these archetypal figures and archetypal patterns in dreams that are common to uh, to humanity at large and just come in an individual form in our life. And, uh, and by understanding these, uh, these archetypal patterns that are uh, usually in other cultures being seen as mythologies, we can connect to our own mythology. And so it's, it's a little bit like we are living several storylines and we, we somehow enter the story halfway, live it for a bit, and uh, we have multiple of these stories that form the tapestry of our psychological life. And by better understanding where uh, we are in the story, the easier it is to align with it. When we know, oh, we're, we're walking in the, in the desert, then uh, it's easier to be in the desert than trying to fight out of the desert and wanting to be in the city. But if you're in the desert, you, you adapt to that, you go, and then a certain moment, the path brings you somewhere else, and then you can, can learn where you are. So Carl Jung made a lot of really interesting contributions to dream work and uh, uh, especially on that archetypal level or looking in your dreams at, oh, there's an old wise man. What does this old wise man mean in 
other cultures and then you see oh it's usually a character with foresight and insight and wisdom and discipline and uh, supports yeah so that's yeah that's true yeah. And your and your fascination with dreams then led you to travel to many places in the world and to learn how different cultures work with dreams. And what were some of the most uh, interesting discoveries for you in that investigation? Well, uh, that uh, that there that that is a, a layer of cultural bias in every culture towards towards their their dreams um, some cultures will say oh if you if the if if you swim upstream this is a really fortunate thing and if you are in that culture and everyone tells you that and you have such a dream then you can then if you're in that culture it works but if you're not in that culture uh, it, it might uh, it, that interpretation might not uh, not be a good fit and so it also begs the question, how do you catch your own biases working with your own dream, which is a bit of a complex uh, uh, challenge. But so uh, cultures have uh, specific uh, biases. And on the other hand, what Jung uh, observed, uh, life themes repeat. Uh, the sense of home, the sense of mother, the sense of uh, adventure, the sense of safety. And so... Uh, all these, these these typical archetypal life themes, they come back in any culture uh, and, and they have their own stories and, and ideas around it. So you have uh, universal patterns with, uh, with specific biases towards certain, certain aspects of a dream. Mm -hmm. So we're part of we're part of well we participate in this what Jung would call the collective unconscious and these these archetypes that are common that we all experience and, and tap into and they tap into us and then we're part of our culture which has its own patterns its own belief systems and values and so forth and then we have our own culture our own personal mm -hmm. story and yeah. history and so dreams can can weave all of that together, right? And and so I think part of it is, you know, untangling what is this, what if this is personal, specific to me? Yeah, I, yeah. I know that um, you know, Jeremy, whom I uh learned dream work with, always said that the dreamer has authority over the the interpretation of their dream. We can't tell somebody what their dream means because it's unique to them and it's working with symbology that is unique to them. So I'm going to, I want us to get into more, you know, how to work with dreams in just a moment. But one of the things when you, in your book, when you talk about dream incubation and how different cultures have worked with that, well, first of all, dream incubation is moving from like a passive relationship with our dream life where we, you know, we receive dreams as they come and we may or may not work with them. Moving from that to a proactive relationship where we bring to the dream world questions and things that we want clarity on or, or wisdom or guidance. So one of the things that fascinated me about one of the things that you talk about in your book is the, um, the Asclepian tradition. 
from Greece. And when I read your description of that, I felt, first of all, like, oh, that would be so fabulous to, mm -hmm. to be in a culture that does this. And it also caused me some grief uh, that our culture seems so impoverished in our ability to access those those deeper dimensions. So describe for us that process of the Asclepian tradition. Yes, so that's indeed a, a, a very uh, well-known Western variation of dream incubation. And just as you mentioned, dream incubation is a proactive activity in which you ask the dream a question before you go to sleep in order to have a uh, helpful response. And in the uh, Asclepian tradition, that was mainly active 500 before Christ till 500 after Christ, and uh, was also practiced by uh, well-known characters as Socrates and Plato. Uh, what they uh, did is uh, they would travel to a temple, the temple of Asclepius, and Asclepius was the Greek god of medicine. And then they would, uh, for day, usually for days, travel to the temple, uh, go through a set of rituals, be with uh, a lot of other people that uh, were there to petition the healing powers that are in the universe or in ourselves and uh, or both and uh, uh, and and and, uh, and uh, go then through a set of rituals to ask the dream for either physical healing and in their case also sometimes uh, more, more psychological questions or questions that are personal to a person. There's one known case of a woman who lost her or was didn't know where her son was that was in the war and she wanted to know where is he still alive. But uh, uh, most of the questions in that tradition were aimed at uh, physical healing. And, uh, and, the, and the goddess Clepius would sometimes come with a recipe uh, of activities for the person to do. There are some uh, instances that people got healed and, uh, um, and, and there are many votives that show that uh, that, that uh, system worked very well. Mm -hmm. And indeed, our Western culture is one of the few cultures around the world and in, throughout history that somehow has divorced itself from the world of dream and has minimized the world of dream as yeah, somewhat unreal or untrustworthy or it's weird and other cultures would far more see this an other reality with figures that have their own uh, independent nature often filled with uh, characters that would help a person with healing or where to hunt where to sleep the night how who to marry um, and uh, and 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 potentially uh, helpful for any other activities that our human lives involves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it seems that we've um, turned so much to the rational orientation in our lives, and we look yeah. to the rational mind for guidance and everything, and, and as a result, cut ourselves off from this other source of, of knowing. Yeah, there's a deep source of uh, creative wisdom that mm -hmm. most people will in some form acknowledge, but when it really comes down to it, will most of us lean quickly to irrational figuring things out instead right. of 
trusting the gods or the imagination or exactly. your intuition. Exactly. Uh, and I've had dreams that have led me vocationally, as have you. I I was once on retreat and I asked um, a deceased friend what she knew now that she wanted me to know. Oh, and that night I had this amazing, epic dream about really like the planet and what's happening. And I I was doing dream, dream incubation, but I didn't know, I didn't have mm. a word for that. Mm -hmm. And I haven't done a lot of it, but that one instance, I mean, it's like, it took me years to unpack that dream. And I think it still, you know, has more to offer. And so was it the, was it your travels to these other cultures that led you to really look at dream incubation closely and to develop your own system? Um, no, not that. That wasn't the really uh, the, the source. Um, but I, I love that you have your own experience and that you know, oh, yeah, this technique works. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think many I spoken I've spoken over time with many people that said, oh, yeah, I, I asked my dream once in a while a question. And so it appears to be somewhat of a human instinct that there's something in us that knows oh this works. And uh, and we just don't live in a culture where you go to school and people say, well, if you're really in trouble and you don't know, you can always ask your dream. I mean, I, <laughs> we didn't learn that. Did we? <laughs> we, we, we learn maybe the, the, the layers of which the earth uh, is made of, but right. not uh, what are the, the layers in our own psyche. Right. But, uh, yeah. So it's great that you had that experience. I, I uh, came to it uh, uh, mainly because I, in, I became lucid in a dream and in, in, in lucid dream is a dream in which you know that you're dreaming. And then you can ask questions and do experiments. And uh, you can do all kinds of fun things. Uh, you can fly around, you can uh, uh, have fun, but you can also ask questions, uh, interesting questions is, is there anyone with a message for me? Or I want to experience, I once yelled out, I want to experience unconditional love. And then I was zapped in a state of unconditional love for a minute and then it, then it went away. But I'm not a really, I, I can't lucid dream at will. It's not like, oh, tonight this will happen or uh, not even once a week. And, uh, and so I, 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 I first thought, well, what if I ask the, the, the same question before I go to bed? And then I know, say, this works too. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I've heard of this technique. I've read about it. And then, uh, uh, then I uh, uh, explored it in that way. So it came, uh, it came out of... Uh, uh, that direction of not being a good lucid dreamer. <laughs> That's really interesting, though, that you discover that yeah that that lucid experience and being able to to again proactively engage with the dream, and so yeah. to to let that let yourself do that before you ever go to sleep. And you, well, you received a dream that led you to found the Jung platform. Do you want to share that with us? Because for, let me, before you go into that, I went on that website and it's an amazing resource that I highly recommend. I went there and I felt like I was home. It's just the beautiful mm. resources that mm. you have there. So okay. tell us about that experience and how you were led to start that. 
Yeah, so that was, an, was a spontaneous, helpful dream. So dreams can come to us spontaneously and will come to everyone spontaneously to help. Uh, the more attention you pay on the dreams, the more you, you, you will notice uh, the, the help that is actually uh, pouring through you. Um, and a lot of indigenous cultures have noticed if you uh, thank the dream for being there, acknowledge it, uh, uh, follow up on its advice, you get more dreams and, and more helpful dreams. So it appears that somehow in the universe, there is this helpful force that is helping anyway, but also allows for a lot of free will. So if you want to figure it out on your own, it's fine. You want to have help, it's fine. But you need to give a kind of an informed consent. And the informed consent can come in many ways. One is before you go to bed, ask your dream for help. But that is also what I really learned in those lucid dreams we, that, that we live in a responsive universe. It's not, uh, you're, you're, you're not just on, on a solo mission. You're in a universe that responds to your thoughts and questions and invitations. And in the, in the dream, it's very easy to see. And what I call this reality, dense reality, because it's much more dense. And technically, wake, waking life is not a really good description because in a dream, we're also awake. Uh, we just don't, uh, don't know it. Because if you go back to a dream, you were some, somewhere, you were doing something, your mind was awake or is awake. Your body is just asleep. And uh, so I call it dream reality, dense reality. But both realities are interconnected and part of a responsive universe. And this universe helps anyway because it wants to become itself. Just like the rose seeds wants to become a rose, the human with its complexes and gifts wants to become its, its own self. And so the, the painter will dream about paintings, the baker will dream about cookies, and the dream might bring you a new cookie to, uh, to create, or you will fantasize about cookies, which is another form of this imagination just coming in. And uh, uh, one night, coming back to uh, your question, one night I, uh, I, I, I was asleep, and in the dream, I uh, float above the lake of Zurich, and I see the house of Carl Jung. And uh, then uh, I see Carl uh, uh, Jung working uh, on a uh, concrete uh, square platform that is attached to his yard, but is in the water in the lake of Zurich. And he's rearranging some beams, and then he sits there reading a book. And I see all of this, and then at once the platform and Jung disappear. And a voice behind me says, now you have to draw it, identical to how it was. And I think I can draw. In the dream, I find myself with a pencil in my hand and I make a line. It's a bit more straight than I thought I could do. And then I wake up. And I took that dream as a suggestion to uh, create a platform for psychology, Jungian psychology, but any psychology like Jung that takes into account a collective unconscious or an other world. So it can be indigenous psychology or it can be Buddhism or uh, uh, any, any, any psychology that explores other worlds. And, um, and uh, so I started that as a nonprofit first and to my own surprise, people came to it. And then 
uh, I handed over the nonprofit to someone else, which still exists. And then uh, I uh, created an online platform where we host all kinds of psychological programs, Jungian based, but also like Jung, uh, open to other worlds. Mm-hmm. And I love the image of that dream of the platform over the water, which is yeah. often, you know, the symbol of the unconscious. So um, you have developed a way of engaging with dream incubation. You have certain steps that you encourage people to take. And can you walk us through that? Yes. So anyone that is watching or listening, they can they can play along. So make it a playful, enjoyable activity uh, and, and, and frame it all in some form of a ritual. And a ritual is uh, just a way of uh, petitioning the other world to be present in the here and now. And it uh, can just be a heart-based intention, can be light a candle, you can do a dance. And then step one is really identify a challenge or uh, something that's emotionally irrelevant to you. And that can be, how can I have more fun in life? Or what is, uh, how can I find a partner? Or how can I grow my business? Or I want to make another soup. And do you have a suggestion for another recipe if you're a cook? So any, but anything that is, that is, relevant to your to your life um so if you've been really angry with your mom you could also say what's going on what's going on between me and mom mm-hmm. but uh, uh they've done a study of this at uh, at harvard university and they noticed that uh, uh from the 63 or 67 students two-thirds uh, had a helpful dream but one-third didn't and so back to the question what why what's why, 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 why two thirds and why not one third? And they noticed that the people that asked a medical question or a question that was emotionally irrelevant got an answer. People that would just ask something very abstract or uh, like, um, where did my neighbor uh, go uh, today? The dream, I think, uh, it's not really irrelevant. It doesn't get answered. So it's not a wish-fulfilling genie. It's an... Uh, it's like an old wise man or woman that you can visit and who knows about your life and who is interested in you and wants to help you. And uh, uh, so that's also maybe the attitude to approach it. And uh, yes. Yeah, I was just going to say, so our our desire to know, our authentic desire is what really opens the way for that. It's as you're saying, it's not it's not an issue or a question that is sort of, eh, you know, I could mm-hmm. find out or I couldn't. I'm just yeah. going to, you know, see if this works. But it's really identifying something that's truly pertinent that, and really carries some emotional weight to it. Is that, yes. I'm hearing that? Yes. Really? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So the one thing that people can do, ask themselves, what wants to be asked? Mm. You really ask yourself that in your own self will say, are you in the right job? And you think, oh, oh. my gosh, I didn't want to really ask that question. That's, but- exactly, that's <laughs> just what came to my mind when you said that. Because uh-huh. I think sometimes 
we don't ask the real question because we're afraid to ask it. We're afraid to even yeah. acknowledge the question to ourselves. Yes, yeah, yeah. Very, very uncomfortable. Oh, I, I don't want to not be in this. This should be the right job. Or ugh, I've been married for 18 years and uh, is this still the right place for me to be? Right. But then, so, then you... so identifying the the issue, the yeah. overarching concern, yeah. and then yeah. and then crafting a question. And you you yes. spend a lot of time in your book talking yeah. about that because yeah. it's really important. It seems that the question be asked in a way that it can really deliver useful information. So, and you use that that term by David White, uh, the beautiful question. Yes. So, what makes for a beautiful question to ask the dream world well uh, uh, to start with that it's a pertinent question and if it's a scary question you could say to the dream because dream I'm, I'm i'm actually really scared about uh, asking this so i'm gonna uh think about uh, uh i'm gonna chop it down or i'm gonna uh, uh or be kind or be really helpful so you, you are consulting this wise old woman who is also really benign and compassionate. And uh, so she's not going to say, oh, just toughen up and, uh, and, and do it. It's going to help you and just, uh, and, and especially in a psychological way. But then you have to indeed to phrase the question that uh, because uh, asking the right question is, is, is so important anywhere, uh, whether it's in personal relationships, you ask an interesting personal question or in journalism or in any breakthrough in science. And uh, some guidelines say, ask one question at a time. Uh, so don't ask, uh, how do I uh, find the love of my life and become a millionaire? This, uh, those are two questions. But questions quickly sneak in uh, that way as well. It's like in the book, I described this woman who asked the question, Shall I take this person into my house or not? Right. Oh, that's, those are two questions. And then you don't know to which part the dream responds. Mm -hmm. To make it one simple question. What is one thing I can do to love myself more deeply? What is, uh, uh, what, what is one, you're not in your, you, you, you doubt about your job. What's one thing I, I, I should know about this job? You just start there, mm -hmm. and uh, maybe the job turns out to be the right place, or you just need to ask uh, for another position in the company, or who, who knows. Um, but ask one question at a time, open-ended, and, uh, uh, and, and think through, if I ask this question, can I imagine a dream response? And can I imagine some storyline that responds to this question? I ask, what does it look like for me to move to uh, Chicago? And I see a dream with a car crash and a plane comes down. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, that is that not a very positive indication. It's not the scenario I'm interested in. No, no, no. Yeah. So, so there's identifying the issue, crafting the question, and then the ritual component, which you mentioned. Yeah. So it, 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 that is step three, but it's part of the whole thing. Yeah. Is, uh, it, it is somehow the other side feels 
our intention. And, and the intention, so if you write quickly before you go to bed, hey, uh, dream, uh, uh, tell me uh, what should I know about my relationship or, 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 or how can I love myself more deeply? That is one thing. If you would uh, write it down, uh, draw a heart with a question mark, you write a little letter to the dream, say, hey, I've been listening to Patricia Machil today. Mm -hmm. They were rambling and raving about uh, that I could ask you a question. I don't know if that's true, but I would like to test. And then you just write, and it would be really relevant for me to learn more about my relationship, or I want to bring my gift to more people or whatever, or how can I heal? My food has been so painful. No one could figure it out. What goes on? And, uh, and, and you make a ritual or you do a dance, you do a song, something that shows that you're serious. It, it, it's like you, you, you tune into some frequency that makes you more receptive for, the, for, for a response to come. Right. And you talk about the importance of writing the question down. Yeah. Yeah. Say more about because, that. Be, why that's be, so important. Because I learned from my own uh, 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 mistakes is that uh, uh, you, you, I might think, I've, before I go to bed, I know uh, how can I uh, uh, solve this problem better? Then I sleep and then have a great dream. And then I start wondering, did I say, how can I solve the problem better? Or what, what is the problem? What did I ask? <laughs> and then I'm not sure anymore. Right. To understand the answer, I, I need to remember what the question was. Yeah. Because yeah. how and what makes a big difference. Yeah. What one is more diagnostic, the other is a prescription. Right. Right. So then the fourth step, of course, is to go to sleep and, and yeah. dream. Uh, which... yeah, yeah, and, 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 that's, and that is, uh, uh, of course, logical, but also uh, take the importance of sleep. We live in a sleep-deprived culture. Yeah. Uh, most people need somewhere between seven and nine hours, probably closer to eight and nine than to seven. Uh, not everyone, but the majority of the people... Uh, and uh, there's many, many benefits, but also it helps with dreaming. If you sleep well, you'll, it's easier to remember your dreams. And if you don't sleep well, you could even ask your dreams, how can I sleep better? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and, and then when you wake up, write down the dream. Mm -hmm. Because short-term memory doesn't function well at night. You forget that you uh, slept for seven, six, eight, nine hours. So write down the dream because otherwise it evaporates and mm -hmm. you might have had an answer and you need to do uh, the whole thing again. Right, right. And I think, um, as you said earlier on, the more we pay attention to our dreams, the more vivid they become, the more helpful they become. And I think a lot of people, you know, they, they, they say they don't remember their dreams. Yeah. So how do you coach people or, you know, help them cultivate the ability to remember their dreams? It's uh, two aspects. One is uh, intention. If you have an intention to remember your dreams, uh, there's half the work. And the other half is uh, the practical pen and paper next to your bed. Mm -hmm. 
when you wake up, write it right down. And even if it's the first night, oh gosh, I don't remember, but I can feel, oh, I had a bit of anxiety in the stomach. You just write down experience in your body. Feelings are very physical uh, manifestations. How do you feel? Yeah. And then that, that gives the signal that you're interested and 90% will have a dream in three days. Yeah. Yeah. And I know for myself, I keep a, you know, tablet next to my bed with a, a pen light that'll, you know, turn on in the dark. So I don't have to turn lights on mm -hmm. and just, just to jot down, like just single images. Yeah. It's not about writing out the whole dream, yeah. just these little snippets and those will bring back the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Great in point. The morning. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I and I know that when I do that regularly, it's like it opens up the floodgates, you know, the, and and yeah. the dreams just really start to come. Yeah. So so we've identified our issue, we've crafted the question, we've done the ritual, and we've gone to sleep, and we've had a dream, and in the morning we write it down. Now what? How do we reflect yes. on it? How do we come to understand? Because dreams don't, I mean, dreams work with a different kind of language, if you will. So. Yes. Yeah. So step five is work, work, work the dream. And half the dreams, or maybe a third of the dreams, people immediately go like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Then the other people think, oh, this didn't work for me. It's like, oh, no, 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 it, it works for you. Just take your time, puzzle on it, write it down. And then uh, one is the language of dreams. So dreams have a tendency to be far more metaphoric, uh, more symbolic. Uh, yes, they're a little bit more weird than this life. But it's uh, if you just uh, train a little bit your metaphoric, symbolic life. And, uh, and if you have, uh, oh, I haven't. Uh, thought about this friend from childhood that's long uh, and anymore for 20 years. Maybe it's not a literal friend, but a symbolic manifestation. To figure out this symbolic manifestation, one thing you could do is, what do I associate to this person? Oh, Johnny was always really uh, good at uh, speaking up. Or Johnny was really uh, was super anxious. Oh, Speaking up or anxiety shows up in your dream, dressed up as Johnny. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that is one way to, to think about it. If it's more with objects, it's like a car. Oh, I'm driving the car. Okay, what is the function of car? It brings me from A to B. I move through life. Oh, so you're way through life and then you slam the brake and you can't brake. Uh, so you can't stop. Oh, Okay. You're, you're moving through life and, and, and you're speeding up and you can't stop. Oh, and the, the dream is just in this dream world representing that experience. Mm -hmm. So that's one way for people to train a little bit symbolic and metaphoric thinking towards the dream. But the other that I really uh, uh, want to emphasize is write it down and come back later, to, later in the day and read it again. You, you, you very often come to, oh, okay, or read it to a friend. You go to, oh, and the friend doesn't, like Carl Jung used to tell his dreams to his gardener. 
and not that he thought that maybe his gardener was now the greatest dream interpreter, but it was like, oh, he, had, he felt they had, this person had a really good, uh, uh, just reflected back or asked questions. What about this? What about that? Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so you can just share your dream and someone will say, well, have you thought about this? And just find the angle that you didn't see. Because usually we ask a, que a question about something we don't understand. So the dream might give an answer, and maybe it had tried to give us that answer already. We just didn't see that angle. Yeah. So try to share it. And the other part is, if you're sincere, the universe tries to tries to communicate this to you. So you might uh, uh, open the book in the right place. You might just uh, see a program that 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 helps you further. It's not only the dream, you have synchronistic events as well. Yeah. But the main thing, don't discount it, puzzle on it. Yeah. It, it does answer it, but sometimes it requires a bit of puzzling. Yes. And one of the things that I really appreciated that you brought forth in your book is to ask, what was I experiencing in the dream? Yeah. And that seems yeah. like a way to kind of get around some of the complexities of the symbolism that might be a stumbling block in some dreams and just really to cut to the the emotional content of it or like the the visceral uh effect of it of the yeah. experiential part of it i yeah. did that you know after reading your book with with a dream yeah. really opened something up mm -hmm. in a way that um i think i would have missed if i hadn't been looking at it through that lens yeah and uh uh, let's say, uh, how does it look like to go to New York? And then you dream about how flowers uh, are coming up. And maybe you go like, I don't know what flowers mean and, and growing. Just a sense of, oh, flowers are blossoming. Oh, that sense, oh, that, that, that says enough. I don't need to, for many dreams, especially uh, questions about what does it look like for, oh, you get uh, an experience. Mm -hmm. negative, somewhat neutral, positive, and you just can place that, you, you can just place your dream in, in those in those areas. And then, yeah, I, I met uh, an, uh, an, an, an alien and the alien uh, gave me something and it felt really uh, good. Uh, it's maybe weird, but it's, if, if just the experience, oh, I, I it was, it was a pleasant experience. So I, I go on with it. Mm -hmm. you it. Yeah. Alien and pleasant. Unknown <laughs> and pleasant. Unknown. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I want to just, again, recommend your book, Dream Guidance, Connecting to the Soul Through Dream Incubation. And people can follow your work on your website, right? Machielclerc.com. Um, and then what else would you just like to have people know about what's up for you and what you're exploring and how they can connect with you and what you're doing? Well, um, well, they can, uh, of course, connect through uh, social media or like Instagram, Facebook, or my website or your platform. And, um, I will be, uh, uh, at Esalen in September, do a long, longer workshop. And um, 
but I also want to encourage people just to uh, to test this. Don't you don't have to believe this to be true. Go go take a question. Take one question tonight, and if you don't know what question or question it almost always works really well is what is one thing I can do to love myself more deeply? Mm. It, it somehow triggers something in us that is like, oh, yeah, yes, Patricia, I would, would like to help you love yourself more deeply because I know when you love yourself, you love other people more. And uh, so that's a, that's a question that always works. So if you don't know what, try this, write it down, do a little ritual, and then uh, then then you uh, uh, then the people have an a technique or tool that they can implement once a week, once a month, just when they feel in stress. It's not that if you do it now and then three years you don't, and then you have another issue that the dream says, well, oh, you, you weren't there the last three years. It appears to be, oh, there you are. Excellent. Happy to help. Oh, you want to figure it out yourself? Equally excellent. That it appears to be very non-judgmental, but triggered for help, it helps, and uh, and 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 so people have one technique to make their life a little bit easier, because being human human isn't that easy uh, from time to time. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and I'm guessing that as as we do this, we can ask follow up questions and really be engaged in ongoing. Yeah. dialogue in a sense with the dream yeah and especially there's some questions are really big like i would like to find a life partner the dream has not as has very seldom say oh go to uh walmart aisle eight <laughs> uh, it 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 you, the, the psychological it's very psychological by nature so maybe uh, a better question to start is is was one of the uh, uh, defenses I have towards uh, uh, finding love. What's an obstacle I have? How can I love myself uh, more deeply? What is something uh, I need to heal in myself? Uh, how can I be in a state of love? So you have a lot of questions surrounding uh, uh, in, in the cluster of finding uh, a partner that you can ask that will that will help you. So. Uh, take that into account. That's great. Well, thank you, Machiel, for taking time to be in this conversation with me. It's really been a delight for me. Well, it has been a pleasure, Patricia, and I love that you're a dreamer and I've tested this uh, method uh, spontaneously. And Yeah, and I'm about to go off on my annual retreat and I always let the dreams guide me. I don't ever go with an agenda. I just, and, and the dreams often will, there will be a thematic thing that that emerges in the course of the dreams. But now I think this time, I think I'm going to be more proactive and enter into a, you know, that kind of relationship with the dream world and, and really give some thought to what is it that I want wisdom and guidance around. So thank you yeah. for the work that you do. And it's really been a pleasure to me to become familiar with it. Thank you. And, and just the last thing to say about the question. Sometimes if people don't know, even what is my next step or what should I focus upon right now? Then the dream will give you something. Yeah. And, that, and then you keep it very open, but still the dream will focus on your life journey. So it will say, oh, 
we're going to the left and oh yeah, whatever that means. <laughs> Always in dreams, you go to the left. <laughs> what Jim Hollis <laughs> says. I don't know. Anyway, so thank you again, Machiel. It's been a joy. Yeah. Appreciate it. Be well. Thank you. Thank you.